Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Each moment of self-ownership increases the beauty of me. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we've had another beautiful listener contact us with a really cool question. And the minute I saw it, I thought, yes, we need to do just an entire episode just on this one singular topic, self-sabotage. She wrote, I was wondering if you could would please consider doing an episode on self-sabotage. It's so frustrating when you undermine your own good intentions or progress, especially when it keeps happening again and again. Now... As Jane and I often say, the very first show we ever recorded on Love Life was called What Fear is Stopping You? And certainly we have a number of topics and shows throughout our 163, four episodes now, um, which do talk about the resistance that comes up in your body when you're trying to do the thing that you know is good for you, the thing that you know will further you, the thing that you're aspiring to get to, and for some reason you just can't or Six or seven or eight times out of ten, you can't. Maybe the other two or three you can, but not every time. For example, let's take the very easy to identify with analogy of an obese person sitting on a couch. There is no overweight person in this country who doesn't know that they need to exercise and eat well to lose weight. Nobody is stupid. What is the problem is that when they sit on that couch, they look at the clock, it's four o'clock and they think, my choice right now is to have another cupcake or to get up and go for a run. There is no part of their body that wants to get up and go for the run and that is called self-sabotage because they're actually dealing with an energy game. Addictions, if you're trying to stop smoking, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to get ahead in your career, if you're trying to earn more money, if you keep not being able to find the perfect love in your life, whatever is going on, if you keep trying but it's like hitting your head against a brick wall and you struggle to do the most basic things for yourself that are often quite good for you, that is how we classify self-sabotage. It's that Un, un, you can't even name it. Like there's, It's just that kind of intangible resistance that shoots up through the centre of your body, like puts a wall or a shield up and says, no, sit on the couch and eat the cupcake. And it wins every time. It's like the little demons under the bed, aren't they? The little voice, the little devil on the shoulder that talks the little good angel out of having the run or doing whatever the thing is to further yourself. So today, Jane and I would like to talk a little bit deeper about how all of us at some time or another come up with these blocks, these walls, and what to do when you do come across an act of self-sabotage. So much to say, so much I need to learn. (laughs) It's a human condition. It is. No one doesn't have this, right? Yeah, I feel so many things here. I feel that... When you're in the moment of do I eat the cupcake or do I go for a run and that voice is going, just eat the cupcake, what's the point? You know you're not going to go for a run every single day and you know that the cupcake's going to make you happy so just sit here and eat the cupcake. It is really hard because we are, particularly those of us that are so sensitive, which is, well, all our tribe listening to this, is that we are also very aware of what we're feeling in any given moment, particularly the empaths. And so we're constantly in the now moment and struggle to do something that is going to take longer to achieve and more discipline. 
I feel that that's a challenge that really comes up. So I would encourage people to use their sensitivity to be able to observe, like do a test, do a science experiment on yourself and go, okay, just this once, I'm actually just going to go for a walk or run. Obese people don't run back. Obese people walk. Okay, so go for a walk and check in as soon as you get back with how you feel and you've got to document this. So you've got to get a louder voice about stacking up the evidence of what is good after that walk in that moment. Not the long term of I want to lose 20 kilos or 50 kilos, but in the uh, walk versus cupcake war. So you've got to chunk it right down. And the problem with so often with goals is that they're chunked up, they're big. And so we lose the consistency and we start to self-sabotage. Whereas if you chunk it down to moment by moment, then you can go which versus which is actually going to make me feel happier, feel better, feel whatever it is you want to feel. So you've got to start gathering the evidence of the thing that you think you have to do to get to your goal. What about how that makes you feel in the moment rather than worrying about the goal? Love that, Jane. Thank I, you. I believe that approaching self-sabotage is a twofold attack. One, you do with the, your conscious mind, and Jane has just given you a sensational tool. A lot of it is just the conscious awareness, isn't it? It's just catching yourself. First of all, it's recognising that you're doing it. Not doing it sound asleep, but doing it wide awake. And then even if you do go ahead and have that cupcake, it kind of doesn't matter because at least you are on your A game. You are being the watchdog. You now know what your patterns are. You've found your weak moments. You're listening to the emotions that are playing out in your body through the experience. Like Jane says, you can then begin to bend or manipulate them or search for better feelings or do whatever you need to do. So a lot of it has to do with your with your conscious A-game, your, your, your conscious mind. The thing about self-sabotage, though, and this is why it is such a universal condition, I doubt there's very many people in the population who could say that they don't do this in some way, shape, or form, is because it's hugely a subconscious game. And by that, I mean it's a self-worth thing. And as a person who earns her money from doing emotional, spiritual counselling with people every single day of the week... I can tell you that I've pretty much not had one single client for many, many, many years now who's not presented with some form of low self-worth in the course of a session with me. It is so universal. It's starting to make me feel like it's almost like this this trick with earth. Like It's almost like this, the angels have sat up there and gone, right, entry to earth. Oh, we only let people in here that are working on self-worth issues. Like This is the self-worth school. <laughs> like I agree 100%. Do you think? I recorded seven videos uh, a couple of weeks ago with um, existing and past members of Social Act to tell their stories. It was to be just a, you know, what's your experience like so those considering joining can have a bird's eye view into what a member feels of jane this is of jane's dating well sorry yeah so, yeah so that anyone who's just joined us with this yeah, social club and dating agency for single people um all seven well there were, there were a couple of couples so you had nine people there all nine shared of low self-worth yeah every one of them like and, and i was expecting seven different stories no i got seven of the same 
So I just want people to really understand this from the get-go because you might think it's about the promotion that you can't get or you might think it's about the cupcake that you'd rather eat or you might think it's about insert whatever it is here. You've always wanted to play guitar but you've never got off your ass to do it and you just don't know why you can't. When you know it'll be good for you, you know you'd enjoy it, you know you're going to be natural at it but you still don't pay for the lesson or you still don't show up for the come and try class, whatever. Why? It's actually self-worth. As the part of you, if we break this down into really basic language, there's going to be a little tiny voice buried deep down inside yourself that says something along the lines of, who are you to think of doing that anyway? You'll probably fail. People will laugh. What will so-and-so think? You're not good enough. You don't have enough evidence or confidence in this lifetime to show that you really should take such an investment or jump out with such a leap. It's, It's that voice, okay? And... The bastard trick of it is, is that we don't actually often hear that voice. It's very suppressed. It might be something that was very part of the fabric of your life, let's say in the first seven years growing up with mum and dad, or maybe just with mum or whoever was around when you were a kid. Mum might have been a good mum on paper. She might have packed the lunchbox, tucked you into bed at night, taken you to the sport on Saturday, worked hard, put bread on the table. Mum might have had a really shit relationship with herself. Mum might not have had good self-esteem. Mum might not have been a woman who knew how to love herself. Mum might not have been a woman who was able to look at her eyes in the mirror, let alone your eyes as a child, and have that connection. So you've gone through life being a high-functioning, normal, socialised, suburban adult who can run the show and put the food in the lunchboxes and marry the man and run the job and so forth. But then you find something in your life isn't working. Something always hits a brick wall and you just can't get past it. There are millions of examples of what those brick walls could be. Anything from I want to start a veggie patch, I've wanted to do it for five years, but I still haven't, right through to Jane, you name an example. I mean, there's billions of them. I want to lose 30 kilos and I don't want to eat the cupcakes. Exactly. And you wonder why it's so damn hard for you. And you think you're the only one. You think it's easy for everyone else. Look at that girl on Facebook. She just lost 30 kilos and, you know, she tracked her, her, she just got a personal trainer and she just did it. And how come I can't just pull my finger out and just do it? What is wrong with me? And then the self-flagellation continues and the self-abuse and the self-beration. Then you eat a cupcake to get the endorphins back, et cetera, et cetera, downward spiral. And all you need to realise is that there's just a part of you that's very, very deeply held on a default low vibrational belief that you're just not good enough. I love that you just use the word default. I think that we have a default setting that we revert back to all the time when we are faced with whatever challenges in life. And that default setting is going to be different for everybody, but it's going to be the same. And so when we try to achieve whatever it is we're wanting to achieve and then we self-sabotage, kind of have this feeling of, oh, it's hopeless. What's the point? I'm back to there again. And we actually forget that we're not back to where we are again. So I had a chat with somebody yesterday about depression and she was saying that through the work that she's done, that she is now happy to say that she has depressive days, but she no longer suffers depression. And in the past, she'd been in a a depressive state for several years and then she did some work and then she was fine for a while and then it came back again and that she was in it for several months and then she was fine and then it came back again and it was several weeks. Now she's fine and then it comes back again for several days. Now she's at the point where she's fine and it comes back, but it's just 
maybe for a couple of days. Or an, an hour or two. Or, or an hour or two, yeah, yeah, exactly, which is why I use the word depressive moments rather than depression. We have this default setting in everything when we're going to self-sabotage. However, there is a, I'd love people to be consciously aware that when they go to that default of what's the point, I'm not just going to eat one cake, a cupcake, I'm going to eat the whole box. What's the point? It's in that moment that we believe that we've gone back to ground zero. We're at zero, we're at zero point again. We've gone all the way back. But the reality is we haven't. We've gone back on this particular try, this particular moment of effort. We are always evolving and growing. You are not the same person that you were 10 minutes ago, 10 months ago, 10 years ago. What we forget to do is celebrate our growth. And as we start to celebrate our growth through whether it's through having a self-sabotage moment and going, wow, I remember that. I used to do that all the time. Instead of going, oh, bugger, that old behavior's back again, celebrate it as, I know what that is. I used to do it all the time. I haven't done that in so long. That's really cool. All right, I'm going to have the cupcake. Cool, no problems. But I bet it's a long time between cupcakes now. So true. Mm. So that default setting, know what your default setting is and therefore don't fear it. So my default setting as a HSP is that I get overwhelmed and I will find any reason to either yell, like scream, or cry. Now, I recognize over the years that's been a pattern. So I'll pick a fight. I will tell a great big victim story. I will annoy my husband or children so that somebody will get into it with me so I can get that emotion out. So now what I do is recognize that when I scream or when I cry, it releases beautiful endorphins and chemicals and hormones in my body that actually calms me down when I'm overwhelmed. So now I've worked out I can get the same thing from having a sleep. I know I talk about my sleep a lot in these podcasts, but that's because it works for me. So I now know instead of going into that self-sabotaging behavior, I feel the triggers of I'm getting overwhelmed. This is too much. I need to check out. I honor myself with boundaries. I don't care. I'm going to check out for an hour. I'm having a snooze. And when I wake up, I no longer have to pick the fight. I don't have to find a reason to scream or I don't have to find a reason to burst into tears. Yeah. So by owning your default setting and recognizing the early triggers of that coming up, you can start to progress forward with the gaps getting bigger and the incidences getting shorter. But at the same time, being aware of this is stopping you from thinking you've gone back to zero and that voice saying, what's the point? You won't do it. You haven't done it before. You're not going to do it this time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, this is bang on. Um, sometimes I say to my clients, you know, it's, it is just as simple as in that moment when you get up and you go to the pantry and you open the door and you reach for the chocolate. Just just for one second. I don't care if you're eating it or not. Go ahead and eat it. But just for one second, just stop and bring your awareness down into your body and ask yourself what you're feeling because that is the heart of the sabotage, that moment. It's, it's, the, it's the thing that's shooting up through you. That's the thing you want to grab and name 
because once you've named it, you're going to start to get on top of this through crazy conscious awareness, like super, super conscious awareness. Because once you've once you can recognize it, you can pick it every time it rears its ugly head and you can start to get on top of it and own it. Right. Mm. So it's when you're doing the self-sabotage stuff, sound asleep and unconsciously. Um, or kind of knowing that it's happening, but just feeling all kind of overwhelmed and failure about it. Like, oh, like just, oh, it's exhausting. I just, I just can't get ahead with this thing. Well, stop in the middle of all of that and feel the feeling right down to the core and do a little exploration of some of the emotions that are hinged off it. What is underlying that resistance? What is underlying that immediate impulse to sabotage yourself or do the thing that feels wrong but guiltily pleasurable at the same time. What is deeper than those emotions? They're higher emotions. Go deeper. Go deeper. That's when you're going to start to get down into your self-worth stuff. There might be a chasm of loneliness, a void of black, a feeling of never being appreciated, heard, validated, seen. It's those sorts of vibrations we're actually searching for. And it's really up to you guys with your conscious awareness um, and your self-responsibility, your spiritual minds to go in and do some of that work. From that point, we then can step across a bit like last um, episode when we talked a lot about using the subconscious practitioners, working, putting yourself in the hands of an excellent kinesiologist or hypno person who can really work with you to get out that bowling ball, which is, it's like the, the card at the bottom of the house of cards. If you can pull out that self-worth card, the rest is just going to collapse down. It will actually remove the interference that's stopping you from trying to do the right thing. You just need to get that out the way first. Like I've spoken to people in the last week, I've spoken to one person who's totally spiritual, who can't manage to meditate for two minutes a day. I've spoken to a girl who knows she's in the wrong relationship and she cannot leave him. Um, you know, all these sorts of examples. And I'm saying to both of them, both of you guys actually need, it's gotten to the point where you've got so much resistance just to doing the thing that is good for you. That is actually an act of self-love for yourself. You've got to just take the resistance out first. Go and put yourself in the hands of a professional who can remove it. And again, I'm not talking about counsellors. They can only talk to you about it. I'm talking about people who will rewire your neural pathways and delete files in your body. They will change the vibration of your cellular memory, literally, so that the default Jane is talking about is actually successfully altered so that next time you then go to do the same age-old, tired, worn behavioural ritual, the wall's missing. The sabotage is actually gone. I know it sounds too good to be true, right, kids, but it works. And this is why we have amazing kinesiologists all over Australia and some in the, in the States that Jane and I refer so many of you guys to that come to us because we say, you understand everything I'm saying. We're both on the same page intellectually. You can see all of the faults, the failings, the blocks, the fears, the traumas. Your body hasn't come to the party. You now need to go to someone who's going to get your brain and your heart aligned into alignment so you can master this and everyone just goes oh, okay where do I sign up beautiful and we've got some awesome kinesiologists who listen to this show and support this show because we work so beautifully together this is real complementary medicine mm. this is really complementary medicine mm. I think absolutely yes and I want to add in the love life techniques practitioners as well because I'm a big fan of that too lifeline um 
Darren Wiseman. Dr. Darren Wiseman's yes, yes. Um, method. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, which is wonderful. Whether it's neuroemotional technique, whether it's lifeline. I know there's some just emotional kinesiologists out there as well who also do great work. It's those kinds of people and hypnotherapists like Craig Homenay who we've interviewed. It's those kinds of people that are going to be sensational in removing the very last residue of your self-sabotage. You can attack it from 80 to 90% just with a conscious mind. But if there's that tiny little bit that still won't budge, this is what we recommend that you guys do. I also want to talk about the chaos that occurs when you've got a new desire and you're moving towards it. So last week we talked about manifesting. We talked about the law of attraction. But really what we're talking about mostly was the law of vibration. So when you have a new desire... And you start to place yourself in alignment with that. And in fact, if you haven't listened to last week's, maybe stop now and go back to that and then come back to this. Um, You've got two vibrations going on. You've got your old vibration, eat the cupcake, eat the cupcake. And you've got the new vibration, go for a walk, go for a walk. And as you start to push towards one, the other one's going, no, hang on, I'm still here too. No, no, we're going to eat the cupcake. No, we're going for a walk. And we're eating the cup, we're going for the walk. And it almost like does your head in. It's a war. With the yin and yang that's going on of that argument. And we've called this before the XY, haven't we? There's yes. A, there's an actual argument that's taking place in your body. Yes. As the new guard comes in and tries to kick the old guard out. The new guard knows better, but the old guard has roots of safety. And I think it's when you're in this XY chaos that you give up. I know I've given up when I've been in XY chaos. Absolutely. It just gets too hard. It's like, are you kidding me? I want peace. No, I can't do this. This is just, I don't want this, this chaos going on. So it does take, unfortunately, discipline. But having acknowledged that you're in the XY chaos can help you maybe to not give in. It's like, you know, how many people give up? Whereas if they could see how close they really were... You're closest when it's hardest. It's Beck the, often says that, the, and I love it. She the, reminds me of that often. The darkest hour is just before dawn. When the ego senses it's about to be squashed or killed, it has its last hurrah, and it goes mental. Mental. That might mean you go on a massive spree of spurging... What's the word? Purging on all of your addictive substances. Maybe it means the self-talk gets horrific. Maybe it means everything suddenly fails and collapses in a heap in one day in your life. You lose this job, you lose that partner, you have a car crash and everything goes wrong. Often it's because you're actually so close and the universe is about to wipe the slate clean. They're doing a clean-out job for you. Um, You know, one really important way that we self-sabotage, that we, Jane and I would be absolutely remiss if we didn't mention this... Sometimes the way that we self-sabotage is just by not honouring our intuition. So, for example, that little voice or the conscience, the gut feeling, the psychic part of you, whatever you want to call it, that's whispered to you for years, probably since childhood, and it always knows. And it says, you shouldn't have accepted that job. You shouldn't have dated that guy. You shouldn't be living in this suburb. You shouldn't be entertaining your mother-in-law as much as you do. Whatever it is, wherever you hear the advice or the guidance, but then you override it and keep deliberately doing what you're doing anyway, what that starts to cause in the body is pain. It starts to cause illness and dis-ease, disease, and it starts to cause what Jane and I were just referring to with this XY war. Now, I had a client yesterday, and his perfect example of this, really spiritual, really all-knowing, really switched on. She's basically lived her life for other people for 30 years. 
This is a classic example of XY. She totally knows everything that she's doing wrong, and yet she totally continues to wake up every morning and make choices that negate herself. She has fibromyalgia, which means she has shooting pain all through her body. There's no cure, and it's totally psychosomatic. And she agreed with me that if she does a cleanup job where her actions and behaviours mirror her internal words, that pain is going to probably disappear pretty much overnight, if not in just one or two weeks, bit by bit. No question. And we see this happen all the time. Yeah. Illness is psychosomatic. And it's very symptomatic of the wars that we have playing out inside ourselves. When we are, our body gets to the point where it is screaming at us to listen. It is saying, I've been trying to tell you to work on your self-worth since you were in utero. I've been trying to tell you to make choices in alignment with yourself, to put more self-love in through your actions and gestures and words for 30 years or 40 years or whatever it is. Now I have to give you breast cancer because you are not listening. Now I have to give you ongoing tonsillitis because you are not speaking your truth. Now I have to give you ongoing fibroids in your uterus because you are not solving your resentment against men. Now I have to give you brain cancer or crystallization of the pituitary gland because you are shutting down your third eye. This is what starts to happen when we let it go. The self-sabotage of the intuitive self. Mm, I feel like I've gone into my own stuff right now. (laughs) Right, so what shall I say now? A little, little therapy <laughs> moment there, Jay. Yes, there was, of course, as these podcasts always do for both of us. So I also want to talk about um, the worth of what it is that you're wanting to go for and why you self-sabotage. Are you worthy of it? Is this an upper limit problem? We're so on the same page. Is this a... oh? I've I've already written the note. Let's let's mention Gay Hendrix before we go out. Okay, right. So is this an upper limit? So, for example, you go to work, you have an amazing day, you kick all sorts of goals, you've got happy clients, the boss has given you a pay rise, you cannot believe that finally it's all happening at work. It's great. Now, heard my words? You cannot believe. So you go home and somehow you're so excited and you're so pumped up and you walk in the door and here's your XY vibration. There is the ex. The old guard. The old guard. And you're suddenly picking a fight with your partner or with your children or throwing a tantrum about what a mess your home is or whatever. And that is an upper limit problem. So it's where in one area of your life you've got the fabulous Y vibration going on and in other areas you've got the X. But you're only allowing so much of the new stuff in because of your, you're really not feeling worthy of it all. So therefore, you're going to sabotage it. So while you've got the new job, the new, cl- the new pay rise, the new clients that are all happy, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to make sure that your life's balanced and you pull yourself back down by having something negative start happening to balance out that extra good stuff that had unexpectedly happened. So that's called an upper limit. And I really encourage people to explore that because I think a lot of self-sabotaging behavior does come from, am I really worthy of all of this? Gay Hendricks is the master of this. He articulates it so clearly in a way that you will have aha moments, light bulb popping all over the place. We had the immense luck and pleasure of interviewing him for our 100th, 100th show. So again, if you're new to Love Life and you want to hear a companion piece to today's episode, like Jane said, listen to last week's because that's quite actually in alignment with where we block what we're trying to manifest through self-sabotage. That's the Law of Attraction episode we did last week. 
And also make sure you listen to episode 100, where we really discuss how the second you step outside of your comfort zone with suddenly everything going too happy and too well and too right for the first time ever, you immediately bring yourself right back down to where you believe you're worth. And remember, this is not a brain game. Your conscious mind is not participating in this. This is the buried stuff. This is your subconscious cutting you down at the knees and bringing you right back to the default vibration. Each moment of self-ownership increases the beauty of me. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. If you would like to go back and listen to our archives, you will find all of our episodes either on iTunes or you can, of course, find the whole library at lovelifeshow.com. Jane and I like to post um, comments and inspirational memes, quotes, companion pieces to some of our shows on Facebook. And every Wednesday, we put up the the latest show that we release. So you can join us over at our Facebook community, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. Of course, on our website as well, we've got a donate button. So if you feel that you derived any worth at all from today's show, maybe the equivalent of a cup of coffee or a gift that you would have given to yourself anyway, then we would love to appreciate and, and receive that abundance from you guys as well. So we can keep going with the quality um, that we are trying to deliver. And until this time next week, Jane and I encourage you to enjoy the battle, the XY vibration, and give the Y vibration all the tools it needs to win for your self-betterment. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.